Good morning and welcome to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. Hopefully you're having a great start to your week. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. And uh, we are going to be tackling uh, over about the next six weeks another series of topics. And uh, I've been studying, uh, taking a a course in uh, Christian counseling over the last several months and uh, have learned some things about uh, psychology of all things. And uh, now before you start to panic, as uh-oh, we're going to get into psychology. Uh, pastor's getting into psychology. But uh, I'm actually not going to do that because uh, if you look at the core of what psychology is and those that have promoted psychology over uh, the last 70 years, uh, you will see a great pattern there. And I'm not going to reveal that pattern right now. We're going to start that next week, but I want to address something that I believe is super important that we understand as Christians and that we understand is going on in the church right now. Is God's Word enough to deal with the problems that we face today? Is the gospel enough to set people free from sin? Is really Is the church equipped to take care of the problems that we face today and the sins that we face today and the struggles that we face today? I mean, is the church really able to see a homosexual uh, turn from his sin or her sin and turn turn to Christ and be saved? Is it possible to deal with someone who is... uh, confused about about his or her gender that God created them with and to... Uh, to to turn them to Christ? And is Christ really enough to deal with those things? Or do we need to go outside the scriptures and go outside the church and and seek some wisdom uh, that the world has, that maybe the world has a few answers there? Well, I'm going to read a couple verses here in just a minute. And I think we have to understand something. We have to be careful about putting God in a box, about putting God in a place that... He is not able to do something. And we see that in the Word of God, we see that in uh, Matthew 19, God, or Jesus, was speaking to his disciples about the impossibility of someone coming to God, because we see the rich young ruler comes to him, and uh, he told him, you know, what, basically, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he told him that he must give all his money away because Jesus saw his heart that it was his God and that he lived for money. It wasn't that his works would save him, but to forsake all and turn to Jesus. But then in verse number 26, and the, of course, the, it's easier for a rich man, Jesus said it's easier for a rich man to enter uh, through, the, for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man who trusted it, trusts in his riches enter into the kingdom of heaven. And in verse number 26, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It's impossible with man. But it is possible 
with God. And we just take that one statement and isolate it by itself. Are really all things possible for God? And if we turn to psychology and we turn to the wisdom of this world, are we really believing that it's possible with God to work miracles in people's lives? Do we really believe that? Do we also believe this scripture in 2 Peter verses 1, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4? According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and truth. So do we really believe that God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness? That all the answers we need for life, all the answers we need to turn to Christ, all the answers we need to live a godly life, that has already been given to us. Now, verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Remember, the God, where all things are possible, has promised us some things, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So if we're to escape the corruption of this world, and we look at these people, and they said they have, they're mentally ill, they're they're confused. Uh, by the way, sin brings confusion. We have to be careful about that term mental illness. Instead of just saying they're sinners in need of a Savior, we look at someone, that person's sick. And they are not, they're really not responsible for the sins that they're committing. Uh, they're not really under the influence of the devil or, the, or his demons. They're just sick. They don't understand what they're doing. And I, don't, I think we have to be very, very, very careful about that. I'm, I know I'm walking in a very tender area today uh, because there are people that struggle with anxiety. They struggle with uh, what we would classify as mental illness. By the way, uh, you don't see mental illness in the Bible. Uh, what we do see is we see the results of sin, the influence of Satan, and uh, the corruption of the flesh. That is what we do see. And we look, But we've been so programmed that well, these people are mentally ill. These people that go and do these school shootings, they're mentally ill. No, they're motivated by sin and selfishness and the devil. That's what they're motivated by. Their mind has been twisted by Satan. Their mind has been twisted by sin. They are depraved, and they are sinners, just like all of us are. By the way, anybody's capable of doing what these people do. We have to understand that, that mankind is depraved. Mankind is twisted because of sin. But when the world takes God of the equation, takes the supernatural, takes that man is accountable for his sin, therefore, well, they're mentally ill. They're not really responsible. They did not know what they were doing. Is that really the answer? And you know what? The church is beginning to get there because the church has been powerless in the word of God, has been powerless in prayer, has been powerless in trusting in the power and might of Christ, that they now go, well, Christ, their gospel isn't enough. Their their Christ isn't enough. By the way, their Christ is not the Christ that I see in the Word of God. It's not the Christ of the Gospels. It's not the Christ of the Epistles. But it is a weak Christ that caters to their sin, that caters to their flesh. Therefore, we must go outside the church. We must get professional help in order to help people overcome their sin, quote-unquote, put that quotation mark, because that's exactly what psychology does. Sin becomes relative. And by the way, if you look at the five founders of psychology, which we're going to look at over the next six weeks. Each week, look at a different one. Uh, but the amazing thing, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about their life and those things, but I'm just going to talk about their core teaching, and it will shock you. 
it will shock you. I promise you this. It will shock you how each one of these teachings is baked in, ingrained into our culture today, and it even is baked into our preaching and our pulpits. You will be shocked that some of the things that came out of these godless, wicked men's mouths are coming out of preachers' mouths every single Sunday, and we are twisting the Bible and twisting the gospel to conform to modern psychology, and we don't even realize it. And so this is what the purpose of this bit of series of messages is, to wake you up, to understand, look, this is how the devil is stealing the power of God away and putting God in a box, limiting the power of God, because the devil gets people to believe that God can't do it, then he wins. The world's wisdom can't do it. Do we really believe that he's given us everything by his divine power? Who in that divine power, nothing is impossible. Do we believe that? Let me challenge you with that this week. Consider that. Do you really believe God can do anything? Do you really believe all things are possible with God? Do you really believe that we say that we say amen in church, but do we really believe it? Do we live like it? I encourage you with that this week. You really think about that this week. Please share this with people that you care about. And also maybe as a challenge, you know what? I was challenged by this this week. If you were challenged by it, I challenge you to do something. I challenge you to share it with at least three other people. If this was a challenge to you, share it with three other people, either through text, email, social media. I share it with three other people this week. And we need to get these messages out. We need to get this truth out there. So I challenge you, if you've been blessed today and you've been challenged, I believe all things are possible, then share this episode with three people this week. Please do it, and I know God will bless you for it. Well, thank you for tuning in today. I will see you next time.